Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. Say what? Say what's the scenario? Welcome back to another episode of the Red Lake Podcast. Go ahead and knock out another interview. Um, really no need to ramble about what's going on because I don't consume a lot of content. Um, don't listen to the news. I try to get off Instagram but I'm enjoying being in this recluse phase. I'm working on uh, a book. Um, the goal is to get the first draft done. Um, definitely, hopefully by the next week, because I got a week of vacation and I just plan to write, write, write. I'm also working on another book. Once I get done with that, I actually went in writing one book about my military experience and they came out with two. So I'm going to, I'm going to roll with the first one, random stories about my life, um, in fiction form. And then I'll come out with my story about that time in the military. But yeah, that's the project. But moving right along, uh, we have got Miss Callie. She was in the Navy. Um, met her off Twitter definitely she's a character very interesting person um got to spend a little time and she talked about her experience in the united states navy hope we get some out of it but without further ado here we go and we've got callie say what's up to the good people Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Hey, so a reason why I wanted to get you, because you're like one of my favorite people on Twitter. Uh, your feed is just hilarious. And then also the fact that you are a vet. And as I said before, with this show, I want to get a lot more women vets on here as well as just hearing their stories because I was in an all-male unit. So I really don't know what was going on in a lot of the support units or a lot of other branches. So um, we'll kind of jump right into this, uh, kind of start now. Um, let me see how we roll with this. So kind of what, what your parents do? Like, were you, um, you know, what they do? Were they married? You know, did you have any other siblings? Um, my parents, so my mom and my real dad, my mom is half white and half black. Let me say that. And then my dad is native American. Um, crazy relationship. My mom with the lottery and my dad was literally a crackhead. Um, so I seen a lot of domestic abuse mm -hmm. um, growing up or whatever um, for a little bit. They got married but then they divorced um, and then she met my stepdad and he was a correction officer um, in a prison in California. Okay. So she, you know what I mean? Super strict or whatever how he was. He's from Long Beach and then um my mom pretty much just led in his footsteps and um she became one too so they both worked for the prison growing oh, up okay so my house was literally the prison growing up <laughs> and so they, they pretty much emulated everything that was going on the work they brought it on home yeah everything that happened pretty much uh, were you only child or do you have other siblings i have a little brother um who's actually nine years younger than me okay yeah, and we just kind of got our relationship back together. But he's doing good. Um, he graduated from Hampton. I graduated from Norfolk State, so we're kind of rivals. But he's a doctor. He's a chiropractor. Okay, man, that's what's up. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. you. Uh, I didn't know you ended up going to Norfolk State, which I was yeah. definitely representing those HBCUs. Um, let's see. So what was? So what would you say your childhood was like outside of um, you know feeling like overprotected? What would you say like your favorite memories were? 
Um, favorite memories. Um, I grew so let me just say this. I grew up in the mountains. I grew up in a town, a small town, where it's either your parents work for the prison or they were in the prison. Okay. So it was a lot of Mexican and white people, um, in California. Not too many black people. I remember I think it was fifteen hundred I think it was fifteen hundred people in my high school and twenty three were black. Okay. So what uh what part of California? Um, Bakersfield. Um, well, I grew up in, it's the valley, but I grew up in the mountains, so it's called Tatchby. Okay, what's the closest big city that is close to that, so I can, for reference? Um, Bakersfield, it's Central Valley, it's in between the Bay and L.A. Okay. I mean, Bakersfield, it's, it's like 45 minutes away. Okay, yeah, I'm always interested in, um, of course, going up and, you know, going to HBCUs, there's always somebody, if a delegation there from California, and I'm like... <laughs> How did y'all, especially the ones, I could understand, you know, them coming to the HBCUs in Texas or maybe Missouri, but I'm like, how did you make it, you know, especially when I went to Clark Atlanta, I'm like, how did you pass up all these HBCUs and get to Clark Atlanta? So it's always interesting uh, to see that part. So, um, Well, I would say, like, um, well, for me, you know, I got stationed in Virginia. Okay. So Norfolk State kind of had, like, an open registration so, you know, and then my brother, he couldn't get into any school. He, even though he was just like valedictorian and everything in his high school, he couldn't get into UC Davis, UC uh, Dago. Like he couldn't get to any of his first choices in California. Okay. So, and so I told him, you know, apply to Hampton or Howard and or Norfolk State. And, you know, Hampton was closer to me. So it was just like, you know, so he went with Hampton. So that's kind of how that worked. Okay. So I guess, so did you join the military, uh, after high school, or did you live a little bit of life first? I lived a lot of life. Okay. <laughs> I lived a lot of life. Um, I went to um, junior college. I went to Bakersfield College. I got my associate's degree first. And then I went to Cal State Bakersfield for a semester. Um, and then I was just like, I decided, like, you know, I'm going to go to the military. Like, I'm cool. Like, I just, I don't want to be here anymore. It's something better for me out there. And I need to get money to pay for school because my parents were not paying for it. Okay. Um, and then so, what you what did you get your associates in? Um, I think it was just like liberal studies. Okay. All right. So getting getting the basics knocked out of the way. Okay. Just a basic, like a basic degree. Yeah. Okay. Like another high school diploma, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all it is. Uh, with that, it's like so definitely, but at least you know college credits can get transferred on whatever. But exactly. Yeah. Um. So you just straight up said i'm gonna join the navy was there any other branches in involved in that decision making process or was that one you were stuck on how did that process work um well the army looked too hard and well i don't know i would just say this and i'll be stereotypical <laughs> it's either the air force or the navy you <laughs> never want to go into the marines you never want to go into the army i mean that's just what i always heard if you're smart you'll go into this and I just remember the recruiters coming to the junior college, and they laughed at me because I was so overweight. I was so fat. They'd be like, you got to lose a lot of weight. I was I was just like, no, but I really want to be a surgeon. And they were just like, you know, I don't know. Like, you got to lose, like, you got to lose 100 pounds. And I was like, I couldn't do it. And so, um, you know, they kind of laughed at me or whatever, but uh, they told me what I need to get down to. And I was just like, all right. Because they said, well, we got a surgical tech job in the Navy. And they said, they don't have that in any other branch, which I have later found out they lied about. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I, I just, the Navy always just looked cool to me. It's just like, I don't know. I'm a girly girl. So I'm like, oh, they have the coolest little outfits, you know. <laughs> 
I don't know. And just it just seemed the smart the smart decision. Okay. All right. So when did you enlist? Um, I actually enlisted. Well, I would say I went to what is it called? Feps or Maps or yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. Maps. I I think it was like two thousand one or two. Okay. And so for we, like a whole year, and then I actually left in two thousand and three. Okay, so I listed two thousand three August. Okay, okay, all right. So August two thousand three. Yeah, there was a there was a lot going on then. Uh, and then so you left for maps. Uh, what you left? Uh, which maps did you leave out of? L.A. Okay, so L.A. maps. And then mm-hmm. so what was it? So you went. Where was your basic training at? It was in Great Lakes, in Chicago, outside of Chicago. Okay, so that's literally is that the only place they do basic training for the Navy? Um, I think so. I'm I'm not sure now, but I know back then, yeah, that was it. It was Great Lakes. Okay, okay, that's very interesting because I think yeah, definitely the Navy has their one spot, Marines has two, the Army has a lot, and I don't I don't ever pay attention to what the Air Force is doing. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh so when did you you said you went in August of two thousand three? Okay, so you went during the summer. Okay, all right. So you didn't freeze mm-hmm. to death. So how was that how was your how was basic? I did freeze to death, don't get it twisted. Okay, when? <laughs> Um, so I went to basic training. Um, I think it was what six weeks. Uh-huh. That was August, and then from there I went to Corman School. But we had to wait to actually class, quote unquote, class up. So I think we I waited probably like two months. I want to say August, September, November. I, we waited a couple months, and then I didn't really graduate. Sheesh, I don't know. Corman Corman School was six months long, so uh-huh. I was in Great Lakes for like eight months. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely would have caught that. I went that. through the whole winter. <laughs> so how was basic and like? Basic was fun. It was crazy. Um, it literally broke you down mentally, though. I'm not gonna lie. It literally it broke me down completely. I cried a couple times. Um, but I met some like life long friends that I'm still friends to this day with. Um, including drill instructors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't they see. I almost, I almost want to ask. So of course we heard. We used to like. Of course, um, I went to basic all dudes. It was like, it was a sausage fest, and we would hear stories like of or at the co-ed units, either there'd be you know either the women would get tried or the drill sergeants be smashed or somebody. So did you see any of that when you were in basic? Um, of course. Um. Well, one of, I'm not going to name any names, but one of my really good friends now, yeah, we messed around. We dated. Um, All right. He was one of my drill sergeants, but I knew he was, you know, messing with another chick. Um, and he actually got reprimanded and busted down for that and got sent to a ship um, after me, after I left. Um, right. Yeah, but um, yeah, of course, you know, we're all grown adults and you don't see people gonna try you and they breaking you down and you know the men are gonna look at you a certain kind of way and it's just kind of how it happens so i mean back then i was so young i didn't really get it but now i i get it okay all right so did you ever feel like you were like in danger or any harm or threatened at all no okay all right um, so you get through basic um, and then Corman school. And then is that 
do you have to go to a job training after that? Like in the army, we got AIT where we learn our jobs. So did you have to go to a job training after that for uh, to be a surgical surgical tech? Oh yeah. So so um, I guess you wouldn't say um, Corman School is pretty much your A school and then your C school. So to go to surgical tech school, you have to go train with the Marines. Okay. And so at this time, um, I was the Battle of Fallujah going on. When I went, to, I went to Camp Pendleton in Dago. Well, um, Camp Pendleton, it's Oceanside actually, not Dago. But so um, the Marines are a little bit different than the um, Navy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a whole lot different. Yeah. Um, so I trained with the Marines. We started out with twenty-three in my platoon, twenty-three females, and we graduated with eight. Okay. In my platoon, and there was four four different platoons, so. But um, it was it 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 looked it literally went from four hundred people to literally, I want to say like, two hundred at the end. Okay, so how what was like the reasons why people were getting weeded out? Um, physical training. Um, not being able to take the test. I mean, when you're training with the Marines as a medic. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a whole different ball game. It's just like you got crawling through barbed wire, bomb, fake bombs going off. You're trying to start an IV. You're trying to amputate somebody's leg. You're trying to carry somebody in your back. It was the most ridiculous situations ever. But I guess you know what I mean. If you're out in the field, that's what you're gonna have to do. Okay. Yeah, because that was that was definitely almost every field exercise that we had when we were training to go to go to Iraq. It's like all you everything you just said. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember all that. Yeah, it was completely different for me. And like me being a girly girl, like I got a chip for everything. Like, oh, I can't wear that paint on my face; it breaks me out. I got to wear my lip gloss, and I got a lot of shit because of that, you know. But I'm like, whatever. And um, I don't know. I was good, but it was just like it was hella stressful. I will say that. Okay, so you got. So when did you finish? Um, your C school. When were you finished? That was so. I had to get through. I had to get through field med first. So to even get through that, because that means you're like um, eighty four or four. So then I got to go to surgical tech school. So then I went down to San Diego, and then I did surgical tech school for six months. Okay, so we're talking like and, almost a year, almost two years before you even get to your first unit, right? Yes. <laughs> Sheesh. It's called the pipeline in the Navy. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's totally over in the army. I was, my basic was at seven weeks. My AIT was seven weeks. And then they was like, all right, go to your unit. It was like, from the time I left home to the time I got to my unit was, let me see, maybe less than four months, just about. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Nah. They was, they was getting us in and out. So, yeah. So, where did you get to pick your duty station or, um, actually, you know what? Let's go to CC school. So, what was like that like? Um, so I went to Balboa Hospital Surgical Tech uh, School. It's called um, Naval School of Health Sciences. So there's uh, radiologists, um, surgical techs. Um, I don't know who else. All Anything you could think of. EMTs. I don't know. Whatever. Everybody's there. Everybody's a medic, though, pretty much. Um, it was the best time of my life. <laughs> We're at Balboa um, the middle of San Diego. Um, we got to go to Tijuana every weekend. Our instructors used to surf. We used to go surfing. I mean, my, I'm from California, so I used to get to go home. Um, my girlfriend would pull up, like, 
pretty much every weekend. Um, it was love. I had a good time. I met some of the best people in my life. We go to the mall, we hang out, we go to the club. It was it was it wasn't like it didn't feel like the military at all. Okay. Yeah, nothing. It must be, yeah, must be nice. So you get you did that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then when did you finally finally get to your first? Actually, did you get to pick your first duty station, or was it assigned to you? Um, it was well. So basically, all the um the married people, because this is their C school. So most of the people I went to surgical tech school were already E E fives and E sixes, and and I was E three. Okay. So they had priority, and then they were already married, and they were probably married to somebody already enlisted. So of course they're going to stay on the West Coast, and so I it was basically either go with the Marines in Japan or come to Virginia. All right, and why? So I was. <laughs> have you ever thought about what your life could have been like if you would have gone to Japan with the Marines? I think that. Yeah, I thought about it a couple of times. I don't know. <laughs> when I think about it now, I don't know if I made the right decision. Mm-hmm. But I <laughs> but I have two beautiful kids. I don't know. Shit. I mean, yeah, sometimes I wish I, I w- would have made that decision. But I was so scared to go with the Marines because all the training I went through. Okay. It was a little, little too know, traumatic. Was so, it was not too traumatic. It was just like... Mm. I just heard all the stories of girls just being with a whole bunch of men, and I already went through that at you know training with the Marines. Okay, because you know on the downtime we did hang out with them. Okay, we did go into town, we did party with them. So I just seen what it's like, and I was just like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely understandable. So you get to uh, Norfolk. How? What was? What was that transition process? Did you get to go home first, or did you just ship straight uh, from C-School? C school? Um, I think I came straight here. I don't think it was a big deal to me. Like, my parents were just like, you're just going to Virginia. You know what I mean? It didn't seem like a big deal. But um, it was a complete culture shock, and I didn't know. <laughs> okay. Complete uh, culture shock. A culture shock in what way? Um, when I got here, I was like, where are the Mexicans at? <laughs> I was like, there are no Mexicans in the airport. I was like, it's all black people. Like, why are there so many black people? Why? I don't understand. Like, it was just a complete, the music, the culture. But I knew I always wanted to be here because I love music. And it was just like, okay, I get it. But it was a complete culture shock for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. All right. Um, so a you... lot of people tease me because of my accent or the way I dressed, um, my hair, my culture, everybody sees me. It was, had jokes and shit like that. Like, but it was different, but I mean, I got adjusted to it. Okay. All right. And then, so you said you were E3. What is that in, what, what rank is that? Um, third class petty officer. Okay. All right. And then how many years did you do? I did five altogether. Five. Okay. All right. And so how would you... How would you describe those five years? What were like the ups and downs of it? Um. Well, the ups and downs. Well, if anybody knows who's in Navy, the, um, corpsman, um, that rate you can never make rank. It is um, it's a it's the best rate. We call it the rate. It's the best thing. It's the best job you can have in the Navy. But you'll never you'll never make rank at all ever. I I mean, 
you can do you can do all these different jobs, you can get all these different things, you can get out and be a civilian. But in the Navy, you'll never make rank at all. It doesn't matter what you do, you'll just never make it. Okay. I mean, it was cool. I mean, I had a I had a good time. I mean, I I, I mean, eventually I did um I went to E4. Okay. Yeah, eventually I did. I did pass the test and I I went I went to E4, but it was just like what is he for? You know what I mean? Because my best friend, who was in, I was in Navy with now, he's E6. He still hasn't made chief, and he's going to um, retire in, what, four years? Ooh, retired man. Which is, which is he, yeah, and he's still not a chief. Wow, yeah. And, and he's a surgical tech, and he's a radiology tech, and he's been an instructor in both schools. Yeah, that, yeah, I should, should have came over to the Army. I made E6 in four years, three months. Well, one, two, you know, two wars were going on, but that little helped anything. But you in combat unit, um, it was it was oh, no, way easier been, to no, make rank. No, 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 he's been Iraq. He's been Iraq like three or four times. Okay, even then, man, I think it, it definitely depends on the the jobs. Even we saw some jobs in the army, um, especially in artillery. The ones, yeah, thirteen Delta was the job that took forever to make rank. So it's like I guess yeah, depend on certain jobs. I know in mine, it was it was passing that thing out like hotcakes. Mm, yeah. Wish I would have had that one. <laughs> Probably would have stayed in. Yeah. So what? What would you, what was the best part about being in the Navy? The friends. Okay. The camaraderie, like just you know, like these are the people that you know are gonna die for you, mm-hmm. and you'll die for them, like no question asked. And did you ever be? Were you ever out on the ship? No. Okay. <laughs> and you mentioned ship do like. As the drill sergeant, he got demoted down to ship duty. Is that like the lowest of the lows being on the ship? Um, I don't think not really. I mean, he said like he was kind of like he didn't really care. He's he's been on the ship his whole life. I mean, being a drill instructor was the first time, but you know, he just said he got a little too you know got a little too fresh with everybody. He's seen too many things he liked, and I get it. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely glad that I never did recruiting or definitely drill, uh, being on drill sergeant duty because I hear them stories, especially on uh, family day when the family members come up and it was <laughs> definitely snatching them up. So. Uh, yeah, that's always been crazy because he actually met both of my parents and um actually went out to California with me and um yeah. And I actually asked my dad permission for us to get married. Okay. It's kind of odd, but yeah, that did happen. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's the military stories. I'm like, you got to, you, like they joke, you got to have a Challenger or Camaro. You got to get married super young. And oh, this my God, all the- you saying that shit right now. I just went to a damn Challenger, uh, <laughs> Camaro, uh, fish fry, car club thing last week in the New York News. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That it's was a-, a hot ass mess. <laughs> and I was the only girl there. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Hilarious. Okay. So, um, I'm trying to think. What was the, other than, uh, you know, the inability to really make rank. What was the hardest thing about being in the Navy? Um, the hardest thing for me, I would say, was just the physical part. Okay. I mean, it may sound dumb, but, I mean, is a black woman, uh, will mix, or anybody, I don't know. The I think the, the weight standards were just, like, crazy back then. I know they've adjusted now. Um, 
but like I could just never make weight and I'd always have to get taped and I have hips, I have ass. Um Yeah, no, you're good. Them, them standards were made for white women. That's that's pretty much what those standards were made for. Um Yeah, I, I think that was the hardest part. I think that was the most stressful part, is just like always trying to be skinny and always trying to like I think it really fucked with me mentally. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just like always just trying to be, I would just remember like 156 was a goal because that was a way, if I could just wait under 156, like 156, one, and then it's just like, it just, it was, it's still engraved in my head, like 156. And I was just like, I'm never going to weigh, well now I actually do, <laughs> weigh less than 156, which is crazy. But, no, but just going back then, it was just like, you know, I could never, I just never felt comfortable. I was always in what they call FEP. They call it a fat girls group or mm-hmm. fat people group or whatever. Just the extra exercising and then, you know, just being on my lunch break and, you know, running with somebody, another a girl that was kind of heavy set. We just, just go run, eat salad and stuff. I don't know. I think that was the hardest part. Yeah. They um even, oh man, this just messed up the mind tricks they used to do to mess with you and beat you down. Because even on the on the male side, we had the, we call them the fat bodies, the ones that couldn't pass PT tests yep. by just drilling them, and it's like extra PT. And it's, it, there you don't, it's really not encouraging them to make better lifestyle choices. It just, you know, really, really gives them a level of anxiety that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And even, even now, it's like the weight, I even, you know, self-conscious, even if I gain, like, I, you know, gain weight, it's like, I should, I need to be in the gym, I need to be doing something all the time. So it's, it's wild what they do to you mentally as far as the body image and the shape and all that. So, uh, so yeah, uh, moving right along. Whoa, there we go. That's a question I was going to ask. What is the, you think, some of the craziest one or two things that you saw while you were in? <laughs> Craziest things. Um, I know one thing. Okay. Well, first of all, let me get this out the way. I mean, going to surgical tech school, you know, we're in Dago, um, at Babo Hospital. We're literally outside the hospital. There's a trolley that goes down to TJ, Tijuana. So I remember we're about to graduate, and we all go down there. We're all drunk as hell. I mean, there's some people, we, you know, most of these people are older than me. They've been in Navy for a long time. I don't know, which is crazy. You know, I'm the little young one, but I'm not really young because I'm like 23, mm. I, I thought. Um, but now, like, we go to the club and we see some chick, like, <laughs> I mean, we're just drunk or whatever. But anyway, it was a donkey show. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That was one thing I would never forget. Like, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Um, the second thing, um, when I actually, before that, when I was in Corman school, um, so we were on, quote unquote, supposed to be on watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, we in Chicago, well, outside of Chicago, so we snuck off base. It was during the winter time where we shouldn't have been off base, but we snuck off. It was me, my homeboy, who I'm still one of my best friends to this day and the girl the only girl who had the car and this other girl who's stationed here now still she's a chief we're all corpsmen and we sneak our base why did we hit somebody <laughs> like we literally ran someone over and how'd they go <laughs> so you know in, well you don't know but in corpsman school you know this is the first thing this is the hey hey are you okay <laughs> <laughs> wow we uh, wait no, 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 no. 
So me and the homeboy, and he's gay. Let me say that. He's gay. So me and him, we jumped out the car like, hey, hey, are you okay? Like, we really, like, went into our whole Corman thing. The girl, the two girls, they left us. They, like, literally skirted out. And it was just us and this guy that we hit. And we're just like, what the fuck? How did they just leave us? But then they came back. But we tried to do CPR and all these things. Whole time, his ass was drunk and just slid on the ice. Wow. <laughs> And the next day when we went to clinicals, he was in the VA hospital. <laughs> and he was just like, I remember y'all. And we was like, shh, yeah. shut up. You don't know us. Yeah, y'all hit me last night. We're like, no, 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 no. I don't know you. You're crazy. Wow. That was the craziest thing. Because me and my homeboy, we laughed at that to this day. Like, every time we see somebody hurt, we're just like, hey, hey, hey are you are okay? You okay? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds stupid. But we literally hit this nigga. And he flew all the way over the girl's truck and broke her whole windshield. Damn. And we had a we all spent two fifty. It was a thousand dollar deductible, and one girl didn't. We didn't. She didn't pay. And those other three people, like, well, I was like, those other two people, they won't speak to her to this day. Yeah. Seventeen years later, they do not fuck with that bitch. Wow, I am ridiculous. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I think I ended up paying her two fifty. Shoot, shoot, I would have, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, you got to come up there and come off that money. So, uh, man, because we all snuck off base. We were supposed to be on watch. Like, we trying to go to the club and have fun. And we didn't have a dollar to our name drinking Mad Dog 2020 at the base club. Oh, not the base club. Oh, <laughs> oh, the base club. Oh, what do we call our base club? Club Chub. That's where we Because <laughs> my first duty days with Fort Lewis. Watched it and it was the North Fort. There was a place called Club Chub, and you would go in there. There would be military spouses in there. All the, like we call it Big Club Chub because all the big girls would be in there. And they had the club. You didn't. That was the last place you wanted to go. That's was the base club. What, that's what military men like. They like big girls. <laughs> right. I right. wish I was big now. I might could give me a little man or get something. Get that. Get that. Get that tricare. <laughs> oh. Oh. Facts. So did you? Uh, did you get any in any trouble while you were? Um, Serving any Article 15s, any punishments? <laughs> you know you talking to, right? I, hey, I got to ask. Of course I got in trouble. <laughs> um, I got a DUI on base. Uh, the first one in 20 years at a naval hospital. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a DUI. And, uh, yeah, that didn't sit too well. Did they catch you on? Did they catch you at the gate or were you on post? I was on post. I was on base. Um, we're actually having the, uh, at the Naval Hospital. The corpsmen have the nicest barracks ever. It's right on the water. Okay. Right. So my room was right outside of the smoke deck and right outside the water. I had one of the best rooms. Um, so we had a cookout or whatever, and I was the quote unquote designated driver and the cook. So you know, I'm helping the boys cook or whatever. It's cool. I had, I was like, oh, last run of the night, we went to food line. I think we just went to, like, get some more hamburgers or something. I don't know. Something silly. I was in a little, 94 Centra. I didn't stop at a stopping light. I had one little cup of Malibu rum. And literally, I rolled through the stop side, and they pulled me over. But they was watching us all day. So I was just like, shit. But, yeah, they got me. And they said, well, do you want to go get a blood test? You want We can take you... We can take you to Portsmouth, or are you gonna you gonna do it in the Navy? I said, mm, I think I'm gonna do it in the Navy. <laughs> okay. And so, did you have to do any like extra duty, or what all punishment um, did you get? Um, yes. 
this is kind of a crazy story. So in the Navy, you have to do um, DRB, Captain's Mass. It's something before that. I forget. I forget what it's called. It's a chief something. Anyway, the chiefs will yell at you. Literally get in your face. There's three chiefs that would just yell at you and tell you like you're a shit bag and just yell at you. So I'm literally just standing there crying. You have to keep all, you have to keep all military bearing. Mm-hmm. So they're just yelling at me, just walking around me, just yelling me, telling me I'm shit back or whatever. Okay. And they have to let all my, um, you know, like my chief, my LPO, my whole everything. Everybody has to see it. Officers too. So I'm just, I'm just, I, you just gotta take it. So I'm like, all right. And then you go to DRB, which is like, this is a little bit more formal. So then I kind of get to plead my case. Okay. So I pled my case. I told him, you know, I was a designated driver all night. You know, everybody was drunk. I was just trying to do, you know, just something good for my shipmates. And, you know, and I was trying to be honorable. You know, I you know, I try to bring all the, the military words. And, you know, I try mm-hmm. to do all that stuff. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah, it's still not good enough. This is 20 years that you got the first DUI in Portsmouth at the Naval Hospital. Yeah, it's a bad thing. So um, I go to um, CMC, which is um, the actual head person of the whole Naval Hospital. Okay. And I talk to him, and um, and I, I just plead my case again. And he's just like, you know what, I'm let you do. He said, um, it's gonna you're gonna get busted down. So you're not gonna be you know E4. You're going back down to E3 in um, 30 days. Pay times two restriction for 30 days mm-hmm. so restricted to the base you can't leave you have to muster i think like four times a day okay and then muster and you get was taken that... out of your regular barracks into like pretty much like some prison barracks <laughs> okay. you don't get any of your regular civilian clothes to put on you don't get a tv it's just literally you're in prison mm-hmm. on the base Lord, yeah, Uncle Sam be having plans for your ass if you mess up. <laughs> I, I, that's it was what like the worst thing ever. That's why I try what to tell mean? people they take your money, they take your time, they take your pride, they take Uncle Sam will take everything. Yes, but me having a um black mom, she already had our plans because we go to jamaica every year for our holiday for our vacation uh-huh. yeah she called the cmc and was just like uh i don't give a fuck what the fuck is going on and she got in trouble because she got a dui um she's going to jamaica or she's gonna get out the navy so what you gonna do because i already bought the tickets <laughs> so they let me do restriction for two weeks <laughs> they let me go to jamaica for two weeks and then let me do the rest of my restriction for two weeks okay so you caught it you caught a nice plea deal uh, it what? Well, I'm gonna say that because my little navy boyfriend left me because he was like, I can't take it. He was just like, and he left me and he went AWOL. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I don't know if it was a good thing or not, but um, yeah, my mom was not playing with the CMC. She's like, I don't give a fuck. She will. I paid all this money, <laughs> and I still got a whooping when I got there. And I was what, twenty four or five. No, I was 24. I was 24. Okay. My yeah. mom whipped my ass in Jamaica. Shit, baby girl's wild. She's like, I just been waiting yeah. for this. And I was like, and she chased me around the hotel room, and she really did whip my ass. Damn. Damn. And then she bought me a drink. I was like, what the fuck? 
deal. So what, yeah, get, I definitely got in trouble. I got in trouble for a lot of shit. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I had a really easy in the Navy, um, especially going to school in Norfolk State. Um, so you went to school while you were in? Yeah, while I was in, I got it easy. They let me go to clinicals. My LPO let me do whatever I wanted to. Come in late. I had an easy shift. I worked PM shift. I worked like one to midnight. At one point, I just sterilized instruments. And at some point, he told them, just let her study. Okay. I really had a cake life in the Navy. But I think, I don't know if that's like a pretty girl privilege or I don't know. I think it's different for everybody, though. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is for everybody to experience. Um, so did you choose to get out? How was how was that discharge process? Um, so basically it was, I extended for a year. So I was supposed to do four years, but I did five. Um, it was basically, um, I had my son, and he's 13 now. Um, so it was basically go to Japan or um, leave your son here in the states and go to japan or you can get married and bring his dad and you can bring your son and go to japan or i mean that's basically it and i asked his dad like do you like can we just get married so we can go to japan so i could stay in but i was almost about to graduate from Norfolk state nursing program all right so it was just like well I was like, I could always put that on hold. And my mom was like, no. And he was just like, I don't want to get married for the wrong reasons. I'm like, nigga, like, this is Japan. Like, what do you mean? Like, we're going to get sneakers. And <laughs> this is Japan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, but nobody was in my favor. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and get out um, and just graduate. Um, from Norfolk State. Okay. And I was like, I'm just going to be a nurse and then I'll just go back in as an officer and I'll be cool. But I never graduated from Norfolk State because I failed out. And then I went to another nursing program and I felt out of that one. I realized nursing was not my passion. That can be so, it. That happened. So what kind of uh, what kind of discharge did you get? Honorable. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, I, it was honorable. It was cool. I mean, I got on with the best hospital systems here in Virginia I literally made double and a half the money I made when I got out I got addicted to the money okay that'll do it uh, yeah it definitely it wasn't anything bad and I met great I meet great great people in the hospital you know in an operating room that's a family but um, looking back on it I wish I would just would have stayed in okay yes um, even I even look at it, you know, folks that had came in with jobs because they would say, oh, you can transfer these skills out to the outside. I was, when I got out, I was like, ain't nobody shooting cannons. I can't shoot these cannons. But I always looked at the other, you know, the jobs we used to make fun of when we was getting in. Oh, uh, you know, y'all ain't, you know, ain't tough enough or nothing. And they had a direct pipeline to a career afterwards. And so, yeah. I mean, well, I think one thing, like, for surgical techs, if you get on Indeed, if you get on any job site, you're always going to see we need surgical techs. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I pretty much work for every system here in 757 Virginia. So, I mean, it's really hard for me to get a job now. Okay. Um, but, I mean, if I go anywhere else, of course they're going to call. Well, I can go to D.C., Richmond, or whatever, and do whatever I want to do. But, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's not a... I mean... 
being a medic and a surgical tech, because I could do EMT, surgical tech, whatever. I mean, I could do anything I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Or a surgical assistant, too. So. Okay. Uh, but honorable discharge, yeah. Do it's... I regret it? Getting out? Yeah. And I've actually been thinking about going back in lately, but I don't know. So, so what have you been doing now? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've been chilling lately. Okay. Um, um, I've been chilling. Um, I've been making a little money here and there, whatever. Um, especially since everything has happened, surgery kind of shut down. Um, I don't know. I make money. Okay. Pretty girls make money. I'll just say that. <laughs> Good deal. All right. Uh, <laughs> so do you have any special interests, any hobbies? Um... Hobbies. I love working out. Love running. Um, honestly, I just like being a mom. Okay. I love cooking. Okay. And you say you got two kids? Yeah, two kids. 13 and 5. The oldest one stays in Virginia Beach with his dad. Um, and then I have my 5-year-old. He doesn't really have a dad at all. So, um, That's life. Yeah. So it's just kind of me and him. He's my little baby Pharrell. He sings. He dances. He makes up songs. I mean, it's cool. I just like being a mom, you know, because I just felt like for so long, especially like when I was in the Navy or when I was in the hospital, like working, taking call. Um, I think you know that I used to always be at work. Okay. Yeah. Any picture you would see me, I have on a scrub hat. And it was just like, I think it's just cool. Like now I just like get to go outside and like walk with him or just be a mom or just cook or not be tired or exhausted. Yeah, I think like that's kind of like I don't know. I don't want to say my 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 calling is a housewife, but <laughs> but it kind of would be cool to kind of be one. But I still like working too. I still miss surgery. Okay, yeah. So, do you have any dreams or aspirations? Um, right now I'm working on getting certified to be a surgical assistant. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, um. You know, I, my clinicals, I got to do them in the hospital, so I got to get back in the hospital to do it. But as far as, you know, I know how to suture, of course. Um, I mean, if you get shot, I'm going to patch you up. <laughs> That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? Anything, yeah. you break a bone, I already know. I'm, I know how to cast it. You know what I mean? Are we going to do a surgery, something like that? I don't know. I think there's uh, probably something... I don't say surgical assistant, but even maybe like being an ortho rep, I -hmm. think that might be cool for me because the way that I know bones is crazy. Um, Total joints, maybe doing something like that. But surgery is my niche. Okay. All right. Cool. That's what's up. What would you say is your was your greatest accomplishment of your time in the military? Um, I would say past and field med. Okay. Well, you know, training with the Marines because that training, and you're not really supposed to talk about it, but the way they have things set up to look like Iraq, like, I don't want to say Iraq, but like different Middle Eastern atmospheres, I would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, mm, the mental part or just 
I don't even know like how they even who came up with this stuff. It literally looks like something on a scandal. Like it looks like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, just somebody like screaming in your ear. You try to fix the IV, and if you don't get it right, and if you don't tape it up, like they literally pull. Like I literally have in my right arm, I have no veins in my arm anymore because people didn't tape up the IV on my arm, and mm-hmm. the Marines will like literally pull it out and and just like sh- like just throw it across the field, and it rips out your whole arm. Yeah, I definitely hated when we had to go to combat lifesaver uh, training and we had to stick each other with the IV. And yeah, that was that was ridiculous. Um, I think getting through that, um, and I had a broke ankle the whole time, <laughs> oh. which uh, I knew, and one of the um, instructors knew, but we didn't tell anybody. Okay. Cause I mean, he could have let me know. Um, that oh, and let's see, getting through that. Oh yeah, I was pregnant too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. I think just getting through that, I think that was like one of my greatest accomplishments, just being like, I'm trying to be to be a medic with the Marines, because I think that's just a little bit more not shit on the Army. Don't say that. I'm not <laughs> shit on the Army, but the Marines are just a little bit different, because I'm just going to say, well, I'm not going to say they're not the smartest, but they're more co- They're more committed to the cause. They're say, definitely more committed yeah, to the cause. They are way, they're a little too committed to the cause. <laughs> yes, there's no reasoning. So I think like me getting through that, and I don't know how many fights I got into. I probably got into 20 fights in, a, in within eight weeks. Was it, was, yeah, it was like six, no, it was six weeks. With girls and guys, and I never got kicked out. Sheesh, I was having the Royal Rumble over there. But I wasn't. I was fighting dudes. That's okay. the crazy part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad I missed out. On yeah. All that I mean, stuff. I think that was like my greatest accomplishment. Just like, just knowing, like, just knowing, like, if somebody dropped me off in the middle of Iraq or middle of, I don't know, anywhere, just knowing, like, what's the Marines? Like, yeah, I could still, I can still do this shit right now to this day. Right. I think that's like the greatest accomplishment, honestly. Good deal. And so, what would you say? That few people know about you. Mm, I'm an open book. I don't know. I think probably everyone knows everything about me. Ain't got one something, something, something in there holding on. Uh, I don't know. Like, like you know everything about me. Like I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> all right. We'll just leave it at that. Then. All right. So. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I'm trying to think what is something like everyone knows I'm an open book everyone knows like quote unquote I like sex quote unquote I'm a freak I don't know shit I don't know what else that's, that, there we go I'm <laughs> <laughs> you good you good alright uh, let me see let me see do you have any health issues from the military you have concerns about um I didn't think I did but a lot of people tell me I do Right. I think that's one thing that kind of like weirds me out. Did, so you, um, you've never like talked to anybody about it? No, I don't get any VA benefits. Okay. And everyone's like, "What the? What are you? What are you waiting on?" Um, but I feel like there was nothing really wrong with me. But like, no, there's clearly something wrong with you now, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, as far as like the anxiety, the depression. 
stuff like that. Yeah. I mean... I was about to say, like, a lot of times it's like, especially, I didn't realize a lot of problems I had until I got out. And because when you're in, you think it's normal. Like, okay, this is just something you deal with on a day-to-day basis. But then you get out and you're like, nah, this is not how you deal with life. Uh, so I, I definitely get it where, and then two, you know, the VA process is very intimidating. Like you got to go through and get all this paperwork together and then, you know, defend stuff. So they do nef- definitely need to make it a little bit easier. Uh, but I can understand cause you know, they don't want everybody getting that check too. So there's that. Um, yeah, I think that's like the biggest part. Like a lot of my friends are just like, you know, especially the ones that are out, they're just like, you know, they get 80, 90% or you know, they're just like, you wouldn't have to worry about your rent, or you wouldn't have to grind, you wouldn't have to, you know, make plays, or do this, or do that, whatever, whatever, you know, if you just got this, your rent would be paid, you have extra money, you know, and I'm just like, mm. yeah. so I kind of started on it, but it's just like, at the same time, it's just like, what do you say, like, what do you, well, we'll say that, just like, yeah, what kind of mind was, um, let me see, when I transitioned, we had somebody that went over it, but that really wasn't uh, understandable the way they explained it and so what hooked me up was having my medical records and then I got hooked up with the state rep they have like state reps that that go through and look through your um your records and can tell you what you can claim and that's pretty much kind of helping um you can go the paid option like the DAV or something like that but the state rep is probably your best way to go um and you and then also too you can always uh, if you can afford it mental health on the outside and then have them you know submit those records uh, and then, oh yeah, know. of course. Like, um, yeah, I've been doing um, mental health stuff for okay. sheesh, since 2012 now. Okay. That's so for the last eight years, I've been like going to therapy, um, off and on meds, um, you know, just doing different things or whatever. But I, I don't know if it's all from the military or... It can be. <laughs> I can say it can be if you board it just right. It can, I mean, it can be. I mean, that's yeah. That's I mean, that's I'll, what all my friends is it's like. I mean, I'm pretty sure that all this shit. My friends is like, you know, you. I'm pretty sure it wasn't like this before. And I and I think about it. No, it really wasn't. Or even then, the army really, or I mean, the military. I always think the army is just like you get conditioned, but it exacerbates a lot of the issues that you've already had um, already. So like, you know brings it to a point where it's even more where you have to deal with all that trauma and somebody yelling at you and being degraded so it really doesn't help yeah i mean i think like getting broken down and i know that's what the military is supposed to do to you but like i don't think that like nobody i don't think anyone like really prepares you for them of course they're not supposed to but it's just like i don't know if you ever really recover from it because sometimes i still think about getting broken down which is weird and i don't know if anybody else does that or is that normal or no you're um you're definitely it's it's normal because i think what a lot of times is we don't ever talk about it really um or we joke about oh the shark attack but nobody ever really really talks about the psychological effects of that whole breaking down process and then they try to build you back up but a lot of people don't get built back up to where they need to be so um that's definitely understandable but cool cool so we'll go ahead and start wrapping things up is there any let me see what would you current you have told the you that was enlisting like any piece of advice 
staying. I would say stay in and just retire. Okay. Just work just work it until you can and just stay in until you retire. Okay. That's what I would say. All right, cool. Um, Travel it, more, go play different places. <laughs> I felt like the military cheated me because I didn't get to go anywhere. Yeah, it's like even then, I I wish I could have told myself to, but I was broke and dealing with baby mama issues. But even still, like when I was in Germany, <laughs> you know, go on a you know go on a quick treat, quick cheap. I can't talk today. Cheap road trip to somewhere or travel more. The same thing. But when you're young and in the military, you really don't appreciate it like it. You know, you should. Yeah, I wish I would have just, like, went to Japan. I wish I would have just, like, just traveled more. That's the only thing, honestly, because then I would have been, I feel like I would have been more cultured, but, I mean, it's cool. Everything happens for a reason, you know? That's the only thing I can really say. Just travel more and just be more open, like, and then just realize that school is going to be there. Okay. Yeah. Because I think, like, now, if, like, I would have went to Japan and then came back and then, did, like, nursing right now, I'm, I know I, would like, would have been good. Okay. But back then, it was just, like, I'm trying to party. I'm trying to go to study. I'm trying to take clinicals. And, nah, that shit ain't going to work. But, and be a single mom at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of work. That's um, too much. But, no, nah, yeah, I would have just said just travel more. Okay. Yeah, and is there anything that you want to plug or any contact information you want to drop for the people, or are you good? I am good. I have no plugs. I'm straight. <laughs> Y'all can follow me on Twitter if you want to. M-Z-K-A-L-I, Miss Callie. All right, I'll definitely um, put the put the Twitter in the in the show notes. Yeah, that's the only thing. I, I mean, I tweet all the time, and I just be talking shit. I don't really talk about nothing, but that's it. <laughs> all right. Well, I definitely appreciate you for sharing your story. All right, thank you. See, this is why I wish I had a little bit more time to do these interviews. Because you can just go on and on and on. And I don't know, I might I might lengthen or increase like lengthen the format. I'm trying to keep them around hourish and whatever, like on at least out under an hour and a half. Uh, because I want to respect uh, the guest time as well. Because, uh, you know, giving up two hours to somebody, that's a lot. And I appreciate time, but I still want to be able to get as much of their story as possible. Um, but hopefully it encourages them to put their stories out in whatever uh, form or fashion. I'm encouraging a lot more veterans to uh, write about our stories, our experiences in the military, because people need to hear it. So, um, yeah, that's about it. As I said before, with every episode at the end, uh, I'm trying to remember every episode uh, to talk about how I leave the Veterans Crisis Line uh, number in the show notes. If you uh, have been experiencing mental health uh, struggles and you don't think you have any options and you want to check up out of here, I encourage you to um, call that number. And then also, if you know somebody that is experiencing um, just, you know, PTSD, they're not functioning, they're, they're talking about uh, taking themselves out, uh, give them that number. I will also leave Miss Callie's information in, uh, I'll just leave everything in the show notes that you need to know. So look there. Uh, much appreciated. And just keep coming back for more.